0: what's up wrestling fans welcome to another pay-per-viewpoint edition of the smart guy moment smack talk podcast this is apparently the greatest show ever
1: <laughs> well it's an honor to be here with you guys for the greatest predictions podcast <laughs> yeah. ever
0: i am your greatest uh host that's named tony mango ever my name is Tony Mango, <laughs> and my greatest co-hosts are, as always, Robert D. Felice. Oh, wow, that's great. And Caleb Wiggins. I give it two stars. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe uh, Bret Hart will give it a four out of ten. There's a bunch of numbers thrown around there. But apparently the greatest everything is happening nowadays. We're hoping that this is the greatest pay-per-view point. But we're talking about the greatest, uh, I guess, pay-per-view ever. They're not really clarifying it as that. All they're really advertising this which is WWE Backlash 2020, is the greatest match ever. It's one match, that's it. The rest of the card, no, not not even a part of it. So, one prediction, that's all we're doing here. No, obviously we're not doing that. We're going to run down everything that's on the card currently as far as Wednesday afternoon, about 2.30 is when we're recording this, so maybe they'll break some other things by the end of the day or something like that. I don't know, I didn't watch the bump. I'm, I'm kind of beyond watching that show at this point anymore. So they'll probably announce some other kind of matches and stuff. We'll obviously talk about some matches that may be added to the card and all of our thoughts on who's going to win those matches and everything else that we normally run down here. And we invite you to do the same thing in the comments section below. Obviously, you should do that on YouTube. And while you're over there, hit that subscribe button, ring that little notification bell as well. Hit the like button on the video. And if you are listening to us on a platform that does not have a comment section, then what are you doing? I just told you what to do. Go over to YouTube and do it over there. But if you're on Spotify or Stitcher or iTunes or anything else like that, it would still greatly appreciated. So just leave us some kind of a star rating or whatever they have on there and, you know, uh, reach out to us another way. Send us a tweet at SmartCoutMoment, put something on the Facebook page, do something on the website page, SmartCoutMoment.com, whatever it is. You know, just, uh, just speak up, be a voice in a voice of the voiceless type of world. And um, tell us your thoughts on backlash, because that's what we're going to do here. And I think that we might as well just get started on the uh, the void, I guess you should call it, like the matches that have not been announced, maybe announced, any of that kind of stuff that we don't know yet for sure. I would assume, at the very least, and I don't know why they haven't announced it yet, that we're getting the Street Profits against the Viking Raiders for the Raw Tag Team titles, right?
1: I sure hope so. They've done a lot of other activities that don't involve wrestling.
2: Yeah, but uh, surely really the people should be MVP and Bobby Lashley challenging for the tag team titles because they just beat the Viking Raiders for no discernible
0: reason on Raw. Um, Whatever happened to Brendan Vink and Shane Thorne? That's
1: a fantastic fucking question. I, I've been thinking about that myself. I guess they weren't good enough for MVP even though they won with MVP. Ah, uh, who knows?
0: I know Ricochet and Cedric have been wrestling mostly on main event, which great job. I believe uh, they've been
1: wrestling uh, Brendan Vink and Shane Thorne. I know at least one of the matches saw Ricochet beat one of them in a singles match.
0: I think the last one was like the, one of them beat Shelton. Cause Shelton's huh. been on, uh, he's been kind of like on a, a main event kick lately. Let me double check that it's- real quick. Cause it's, I don't think that Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink have been on main event. Yeah, the most recent episode... Oh, no, Shane Thorne, Ricochet beat him. Shelton Benjamin lost to Cedric, so... Yeah, that's happening. But sh- can't
2: rattle that information off the top of your head.
0: Yeah. No. It's,
2: like, it's, so, it's so pivotal and groundbreaking.
0: <laughs> yeah, Ricochet beat Shane Thorne two weeks ago on main event, too. Is it just... That's what they're doing? Is Ricochet's beating Shane Thorne every other week on main event? One of these days,
1: we're going to figure out how to actually watch main event... <laughs>
0: We'll figure that out when WWE acts like it's an actual show. They still just like, they put more effort into saying, like, I don't know, like the fight like a girl thing and stuff like that. Like, I main event, I'm still one, this is total sidetrack, but I'm still 100% in the mindset that main event literally exists just because they have a deal with Hulu. And it's just, you need to provide some kind of new content that's not elsewhere. And that's their bottom of the barrel, most minimal effort type of thing to do is, we'll just record two matches and then we'll do a lot of promotional material every week. And it's matches up, the people who, it doesn't really matter, you know, Steve Slaters and stuff like that. Different, Different discussion for another day, but still. Street Profits and the Viking Raiders have been doing a lot of different things lately. They had their decathlon this week on Raw, which we'll talk about a little bit more in detail when we go down the hot tags and break down the show in in its entirety. But lots of whatever you can do, I can do better type stuff and not a tag team title match. So it's got to happen sooner than later. It's got to be either here or it's at Extreme Rules. But at the same time, once you do like a decathlon... I don't think you got another four weeks of this to drag this out to Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules is like mid July or something. I think right. Double check that before. I think it's like the fourteenth. July fourteenth,
1: fifteenth, some shit like
0: that. Yeah. Let me just one hundred percent to be sure. Currently July nineteenth, and I'm assuming that it's probably not at the SAP Center in San Jose because yeah. Well, we'll see about that. But uh, yeah, I I just assume that they have to pull the trigger on this and. I'm curious why they didn't announce it yet on Raw. I would have thought that that would have been like a guarantee. And they didn't. So maybe they're waiting for SmackDown. Maybe they were just going to put this up on social media or something like that. They do like to do that kind of crap where it's just like, let's toss something to the bump. Let's do this. Let's do that. Like, But I'm assuming that if and when that happens, the Street Profits retain. What about you guys? It's uh I, I don't know.
2: I don't I don't know, Tony. That's just the real answer to that question. Like, these titles it's, don't mean anything. Who cares who's it's who it's on? I, I've never heard Callum so defeated. I can't even be asked to flip a coin at this point. Like is there really like it, it's cloudy outside, so I'll say the street profits, you know, that's the kind of the way that I'll just go with this at this point in time. Well, I
1: first of all, I had no idea the Viking Raiders were classified as the heels in this rivalry, and that was only made apparent to me by the fact that they teamed with Lashley on Raw. But I've got to assume it's Street Profits, but since they've proven me wrong twice already, I'm over my idea that, you know, they're not going to have people lose championships in front of nobody. So... Who knows, really? It could be the Viking Raiders. It could be the Street Profits. Either way, these are clearly the only two teams that Monday Night Raw has, so it's not good.
0: They're the two teams that Raw has, despite how they created a couple new teams, and now they seem to be very much in the spirit of breaking them up. Like they've teased the Iconics breaking up, which, of course, it's not the same titles, but still. Uh, They switched over Austin Theory and then now it seems like they're charting to head in that direction for Andrade and Angel Garza. Uh, I don't know. They're like, hey, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. Exciting new team that you won't bother to see for a while. I don't know. Um, Some other matches that I think that they could potentially add to this card, and I'm not excited for them, are mostly just rematches. It wouldn't shock me if they were to say, especially for, like, a pre-show, Shorty G has another match against Cesaro, or Otis and King Corbin have another match, or something like that. I fully
1: expect that to be added to the card.
0: I wouldn't be shocked if there was uh, Lacey Evans and Sonya, or Lacey Evans and Mandy against Sonya and somebody. Something like that. Like, those three things on SmackDown kind of strike me as, like, by Friday night, they'll probably say something like that. And I'm not into any of those kind of feuds, so...
2: I'm into the Mandy and Sonia one. That's like the best women's feud at the moment, so I'd be fine with them having a match. Uh, I think that if, it, a lot depends on if Daniel Bryan wins the Intercontinental title on Friday, which, if you've seen some of the pictures that his wife has been sharing, then maybe you already know that that's going to happen. But, uh... But, if he does win, then I could see him giving a title shot to Drew Gulak at Backlash, just because back, uh, Drew Gulak beat AJ Styles last week. So it might just be okay. He's he wants to be a fighting champion, and he just want to defend the title immediately on the next show that he, is available to him. I'm I would be into that. I hope that's something that they do.
1: I do know that uh, obviously Styles and Brian was taped. I hear that that's actually a really good match, so part of me wishes that that was on this pay-per-view card, but it should be a really fun one regardless.
0: I don't know about the Intercontinental situation. I mean, we're getting, for some reason, that match on SmackDown instead of here. Apologies. But, like, you would think that they would want to follow it up with something, and... Maybe they go Styles, Gulak, Brian, Gulak, Triple Thread. Maybe they go with just a rematch Styles and Brian. But I'm actually leaning more towards them just not doing anything with that title. But for the matter, I mean, we might as well just predict it anyway. Uh, who do you guys think is going to walk away with that? Do you think it's Brian? Do you think it's Styles? Um, I think mean, it's Brian.
1: Yeah, I think Brian has really set the pace
2: with this "I'll defend it every week" thing. So Brian, I, th- I think you need to have Brian win it just because
0: AJ Styles needed to feud with Braun Strowman at some point. Hmm, I would yeah, normally believe in that, but I'm also kind of wondering if they're going to take that belt off of Strowman at SummerSlam. So.
1: Well, so you have Styles in the meantime. <clears throat> but if they take it off of him at SummerSlam, I think they're taking it off of
2: him to put it on Styles. Well, it, it could be either Styles or... I th- I, I still think that they're going to just put it onto Roman or The Fiend
0: by that point. Yeah, I'm still a little nervous that it's just going to go back to Bray Wyatt. But again, we'll talk about yeah, that. I mean, it's more. obviously
2: going
1: to go to Roman at some point, but I don't know when Roman's coming back.
0: Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's talk about the United States Championship match. Apollo Crews is our relatively new champion. He beat Andrade for the title. And hey, remember how there's no rematch clauses? Well, Andrade's getting a title match anyway just because they did a number one contenders match and he beat Angel Garza and Kevin Owens. So we're getting Andrade versus Cruz for the third time in a month? I think. Correct. Correct. Uh, If that doesn't even count like tag team matches and stuff like that. So I'm past this. I really wish that they wouldn't have gone with that. I think it would have been better if they would have gone with Angel Garza. But
1: I thought it was Garza's match to win really. Um there's nothing to say here. Andrade spent the first portion of the year fighting Umberto Carrillo. Now he's just transitioned to fighting Apollo Crews. Uh, Cruz wins because he just got the belt.
0: Yep.
2: I don't really see this as like Andrade's story. This is about Crews. Cruz and Crews Cruz is, is now feeling as close to important as he has done in his, in his entire WWE run. He you now holds the title. He's got a bit of momentum behind him. The recent match, he's been doing a good. So I think this will be a good match. I would I would have said that I would have preferred a match with Garza because it is fresher. But maybe that's what the long-term vision is, that Garza is the guy that they see more potential in. And maybe he'll be the person that eventually beats Apollo Crews for the title. Mm-hmm. And so they're just trying to get Andrade out of the way. So I don't yeah, don't turn baby
1: well. face too quickly because I know Garza's picking up steam, and I can see them like, oh, let's turn him face. But you know, don't do that too quickly. Let him enjoy being a heel. He's very good at what he does. Well,
0: they, they are really cool teasing line, this whole Andrade and Garza split type thing, and I don't know. I I know a lot of people, especially in like the heel and face turn thing, they they want to go straight to like, if people feud, then that means that one of them's got to turn or something like that. And I don't think that that's the case necessarily. I do think that there's a chance that Andrade loses this because of Garza. Because for some reason they want to split people up. And if they do, in fact, go in the direction of those two feuding and somebody turns, I mean, Garza's more than likely the one who would turn babyface. So maybe they go in that direction from here. Maybe it's like Andrade starts feuding with Garza and... Either way, it ends up with Apollo Crews retaining here because, I mean, he's not going to drop the belt that quickly. That's That defeats the whole purpose of giving him the title. They've done it before, but, I mean, come on.
1: Well, I've learned to never say never, but I'm going to play it safe and go with Apollo Crews. I mean, you said it twice there.
0: Well, never say never well, again. Yeah. <laughs> and you're going uh, cruise as well, Callum? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, all three of us going in that direction hopefully uh you guys are all in agreement as well if you're not i mean it doesn't really matter anyway so i don't know why i say hopefully but <laughs> again drop a comment below quick plug if you want us to uh keep the lights on here and you want to help us out in some fashion with a little bit of the spare change that you've got and you want to toss that our way then the best way to do that is through the patreon patreon.com slash moment is uh where you can take advantage of the different tiers that we've got there. A dollar is something that goes a long way, even though it doesn't seem like it, especially the more and more people that do that. But, you know, $5, $10, et cetera, et cetera. There's uh, different uh, sections for different things. $10 and up gives you access to the Darkcast, which are our Patreon-exclusive episodes. And then we've got things like the Mailbag Priority. We've got the Pick Your Poison tier, where you can uh, essentially back some kind of special feature as like you know the producer of it or something like that like you can say i want you guys to do this and then since you donated that money then we'll do it as long as it's within reason and it's not like i want you guys to do a 10 month long tournament or something like that no doesn't really work out that way but you know if you want us to do like some kind of a you know check out a pay-per-view do some kind of a review on it or you want us to do a fan ounce table of a match or something that we haven't done in a while like a superstar scores or even an article up on the website keep that in mind do the same thing for the sister website for uh, Smart Hell Moment, which is fanboysanonymous.com. That is where you will find my thoughts on movies and TV shows, comic books, uh, video games, anything on the geek culture spectrum that's not pro wrestling. So if you want to know, for instance, an article that I had a couple minutes that I actually wrote up recently, which was what should uh, they give uh, Beta Ray Bill if he goes into the MCU in the future because he can't get Stormbreaker? Since that's Thor's hammer now so if you want to know what I think that they should do go check that out show that page some love as well patreon.com slash anonymous follow the facebook and twitter account subscribe to the youtube channel all that other kind of stuff there and uh you know that'd be great let's move over to the women's tag team titles it's a triple threat match which uh I believe Rob was very much uh promoting ahead of time so you got this right Bayley and Sasha Banks against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against the Iconics. Bliss Cross Applesauce lost the titles recently. Iconics <laughs> have been teasing a potential split, but they've sort of backed away from that. And Bailey and Sash Banks have been teasing a split for two plus years and will never do it. So that's why they're going to retain the titles here because <laughs> it's not happening.
1: Um, I'm going with the Iconics. I think Iconics beat... Bailey and Sasha again. We get a little bit of interaction from the SmackDown hacker that reveals that, oh, it's actually that uh, voicemail that said Payback is coming soon was actually Bailey saying that Payback would be coming for Sasha for abandoning her after WrestleMania last year. And now we're, we've come full circle. So Bailey's the heel, Sasha's the face. Get the snatch in at SummerSlam, and let's move on.
0: But we still have extreme rules.
1: I said what I said.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which side you back in, uh, Callum?
2: I'm going with the Iconics as well. I feel like they just put the title on Bailey and Sasha to just take it off Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, get them a little bit of... Because the way they won it was pretty much they did everything possible to get in each other's way on the way to winning it. And Sasha pretty much won it on her own. And so what's going to happen in this one is that Bailey's going to get probably overzealous, think that she can win it on her own. She'll get rolled up by either, either taken out by Alexa and Nikki Cross, and they won't be involved in the decision or they get rolled up by one of Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. And that's how they lose the titles immediately. Cause then again, cause listen, it's a Sasha Banks title reign. She can't so it's not going to last, not gonna last any longer than a couple of weeks anyway. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so I think that, yeah, I, I think that this is just a way that they decided to add a bit of intrigue to the women's tag team division shortly by getting the only three teams they have involved to, um, to transition over from, okay, so we'll just, Put the titles on Bayley and Sasha to transition them onto the Iconics, so then we can have the Iconics and Alexa Bliss and Cross feud for a few months while we start thinking about whether we want to put on like develop some new tag teams in that time.
0: Yeah. Yes, else could they do anything with for a tag team? They tried to do something with Carmella and Dana Brooke, and that was quickly brushed aside. We don't really have anything going on with like Liv Morgan, Ribby Riot, Natalia, Shayna. Tamina, trying to do things on social media where she's like in an insane asylum or something like that, and um, I don't know. I mean, at some point they need to make some more tag teams because these three can't just feud forever. Well, they could, but it's like that's frustrating as all hell. You have hey, we had the
1: New off- Day versus
2: the Usos for about like a year and a half, so we could. Can- <laughs> yeah, but those matches were good.
1: Um, you have teams in NXT. You've got. I like the pairing of Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart. I like Raquel Gonzalez and uh, Dakota Kai.
0: Oh, they're so, getting split up apparently too.
1: Well, you know what? That's wrong. You got to stop yeah. splitting up tag teams. Like, if you're going to have tag belts, you need to have teams that are feuding for tag
2: belts. They'll they'll force some people together at some point, and they'll just mesh or won't mesh and become tag teams. Like I can imagine based on their. Um, shared contempt towards Sonya Deville that Mandy Rose and Lacey Evans could become a tag team and start doing that and whoever Sonya Deville finds a tag team partner could they could then form a, a good unit and go after the tag team titles but they'll, they'll they'll force some people together in order to like give give the other team something to do the or they'll just play. throw it on some front to give a team they'll Give Charlotte a partner and have her win the titles. That's basically how maybe who we'll go to
0: next. Charlotte doesn't need a partner to win that, the way that she's yeah. Charlotte. She doesn't need a title to be
2: relevant, Tony.
0: Yeah, but apparently she'd get some anyway. Um
2: <laughs> The titles need her to be relevant, Tony. That's the that's that's Yeah, that's
0: so that's that's what they'll do. They'll they'll have Charlotte beat Sasha and Bailey because according to Paige, was it last night on uh <laughs> On um, but you have the team with Alexa
2: Bliss, like get Nikki Cross out of the picture and then you have the, yeah, the dream team exactly. of Charlotte Flair and Alexa Bliss.
0: <laughs> Sometimes the philosophy in WWE just really cracks me up. So it really wouldn't shock me, like legitimately would not shock me if Bayley and uh, Sasha retained here and they continued to have even though it wouldn't make any sense because Charlotte is a raw superstar who had been appearing on NXT as the NXT Women's Champion and then suddenly popped up on SmackDown, it would not shock me in the slightest bit if Charlotte continued to pop up on SmackDown and single-handedly beat both Sasha and Bailey and was the tag team champions. Wouldn't shock me. And then and that she was like... With uh, Paige, and
2: Paige just stands on the apron. The yeah, there you go. She can with Izzy. I mean, there's precedent there. How old is Is he at this point?
0: Like, 30?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, what is she, 12 maybe now? I don't know, but...
0: I don't know, last time I, I, like, turned around, it seems like she was, like, 9, and then then she was, like, I don't know, training to be a wrestler or something like that, and it's like, what the hell? Uh, Time flies.
1: But, I mean, again, there's precedent there. I hope they don't just rely on Charlotte with these belts. You know, there's other women out there, and I love Charlotte, I do, but... There's other people on the roster.
0: Well, I do think that Charlotte's going to go after a belt, but I don't think it's going to be that one. I'm assuming, and we might as well talk about it here, a little transition. I'm assuming that Oscar retains the Raw Women's Championship against Nia Jax, and that they have already just said, yeah, yeah, who cares? Charlotte's going to step in, and it's going to get to the point where it's Asuka versus Charlotte, either at Extreme Rules and or at SummerSlam. And I'm thinking more so... SummerSlam because hey it's not like we have Shayna Baszler
1: (laughs) if we go with Charlotte at Extreme Rules then it's Charlotte versus Shayna at SummerSlam
0: wouldn't shock me if that was the case too
1: and just saying that now I'm going to say obviously Asuka beats Nia I don't think Nia should be in the championship picture right now maybe get her partner again maybe team her back up with Tamina and just have them do the tag scene, but Asuka wins here, loses it to Charlotte at some point, and then Charlotte can lose it to Shayna.
0: Huh? You think that Charlotte would lose it to Shayna? I think she would just beat Shayna.
2: I mean, she has to lose it. She can't get to, she can't get to sixteen without losing the title a few more time. Yeah, exactly, Tony. What she? To... Well, remember the she's, I saw, I saw she's the, the future. So. Well I saw an interesting stat out there that Charlotte hasn't successfully defended a championship since is it like August 2018? She's won what? many she's won plenty of titles, but she's always lost it after her first defense. Huh. Yeah, because they they're just
1: trying to get her to sixteen. That's...
0: Well she had that is... the oh. let's see, the NXT women's title she just dropped out to EO at takeover. Go back and check that out if you wanna check out our post show for that, by the way, everybody. And um, before that, she was SmackDown Women's Champion, dropped it to Bayley. And before that, she was SmackDown Women's Champion, dropped it at WrestleMania to Becky. Yeah. And the last
2: last SmackDown Women's title she won, she won it at SummerSlam from Carmella and then dropped it the very next pay-per-view to Becky. Hmm. Yep. So yeah, she, so she's basically she's just collecting titles, but then immediately dropping them. She's now got Sasha Banks' itis.
0: Different story though.
2: They're Very doing that. Story. They're
0: doing that because they just want. She's uh, she
2: still because she's still winning the titles. That's like the difference.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the difference between them. <laughs> and it's a matter of well, let's see, let's get Charlotte to sixteen, and uh, it seems like with the Sasha thing, it's like let's just get the belt off of <laughs> Sasha. So we're all going Oscar though, right?
2: Yep. Yeah, Oscar will win this one. I don't, I don't agree with the the, the way that Rob has got it planned out. I think that Oscar wins it here. She drops it to Charlotte Extreme Rules, but then she wins it back from Charlotte at SummerSlam. Just because Charlotte needs to get an inch closer to 16? Yeah, I think they'll just do that to piss people off and then have Oscar win and make it feel...
0: Make it feel what? Dropped yeah, down a little bit there. We might, have, uh, we might have lost Callum there for a second. <laughs> Maybe he felt too many things. (laughs) Would (laughs) that be a lesson to anybody who disagrees with me? See, I'm thinking more along the lines of, I thought originally that this was going to set up uh, Asuka versus Shayna at SummerSlam, but now with the whole Charlotte coming back into the mix thing, it also wouldn't shock me if they stretched out the Nia thing a little bit more and they had Asuka versus Nia at Extreme Rules in some kind of a gimmick match. And then she you know, drops the title or whatever to Charlotte at SummerSlam. Because Asuka versus Charlotte or Baszler is pretty much the best option you have for SummerSlam at this point. It's not going to be Naya. They can't just keep the Naya thing going on for two or three more months. But they could stretch it out for extreme roles. Like maybe Asuka and Naya have some kind of a lame kendo stick match bullshit type thing or something. Unless of course Naya injures Asuka, which you know. I you
1: know, I like Naya. But I just I'm feeling uncomfortable with her in the ring right now and I feel bad about saying that, but that's just how I feel. You know? Like she's seems just a tad reckless and maybe it's a case of she doesn't know her own strength, you know? But it's scary to see what happened to Eo both times.
2: I just don't want to see it. Can I see it? Wow, Uh, bro! This era, you can't just confuse people like that.
1: I know. I feel really bad about that now, but it's it is. It's scary. She just both times, Kyrie got really hurt, and I don't want to see it keep happening.
2: I think you're being very political when you're saying that she's a tad reckless. She's a danger to. (laughs) I would say she's a danger to herself and other people. She's not a danger to herself. She's a danger to everyone else around her, and she should. Be forcibly t- put back into the performance center and kept off TV until she can actually w- work safely with people. I think right. it's, just due to, it, it's It's basically due to the fact that I, I can't say for certain because she was known as being reckless prior to her injury, but ever since her injury as well, she's moving a lot slower. Like, you can't suffer an injury to both legs, especially at someone of her size and build, and not be like her mobility badly affected in the ring. So she's gotten worse in terms of an aesthetic point, in terms of her ring work. I don't mean her aesthetics, but I mean like her actual ring work. And then she's also even more reckless, it seems. So I just want Oscar to win this as quickly as possible, so she can move on to even if it is Charlotte. At least Charlotte knows how to perform as safely as possible. The thing is, I'm
1: I don't think they're gonna take Naya off of TV. You know, I, I just at least want her out of the spotlight so that she's not being so reckless in these high profile matches and I would hope that they take her off TV but you know it's tough to say that they will
0: I guess we're just gonna have to find out about that but it doesn't seem like they're punishing her anytime like soon I mean she's getting a title match so she's not gonna win hopefully if they have her win the title that'll be a just absolutely crazy scenario.
2: Wasn't uh, Nia one of the other people that Paige was picking up in that backstage thing as well?
1: Yeah, but she's... Like, they're really close, so she's just
2: sticking up. I would love there. to, like, ask Paige, like, put her to a lie detector and say, if you could only ever have one match back, would you willingly have it with Nia Jesus Christ. see what the response would be. Wow. Ah... Uh.
0: Uh, well, let's go with, uh, Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. Let's pivot over to that one. Uh, this feud has been a little bit in the works with kind of some oddball booking. I think maybe it's just my, uh, my personal tastes, but I wouldn't think that the go-to feud for Jeff Hardy with his return would be Sheamus, And I wouldn't think that, somebody being upset at the Jeff Hardy video packages and then to start doing these kind of things with like the, the car accident incident and all that doesn't strike me as a shameless thing. This seems more like a, a King Corbin type of feud. And I'm curious why they didn't go in that direction instead.
1: It doesn't matter. This fucking thing sucks. I'm not and the biggest so fan of uncom- it either. It's so uncomfortable to watch like this. I under look, there's no easier to say this. I don't care if Jeff, signed off on it, it's uncomfortable as a fan of Jeff Hardy, a wrestler who has knowingly slipped up a bunch of times and, you know, he's fighting the good fight. It's a very human story because he doesn't just get better and that's it. You know, he's perfectly clean. It's a very human story, but I don't need to see it inserted into my angle on TV As a way of saying, oh, he's so clean now that, you know, we're going to turn it into an ankle. Don't do that.
0: It's kind of, um, like, they did the whole thing with Scott Hall and the alcohol. And, like, in retrospect, they've looked at that. This is WCW instead of WWE. But, like, they've looked at that and been like, uh, yeah, basically. If the, with the benefit of hindsight, they look at that and they say, ah, oh, man, that was kind of in poor taste, and like we probably shouldn't have done that. And they look at the thing like the story with Hawk and the Road Warriors and all that, and they go, ah, oh, man, probably in poor taste. Why are you doing it again? <laughs> like, I don't, don't know do why learn. they
1: feel like, oh, this is such a good story. Oh, well, it's relatable. I don't care. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for fans. It's uncomfortable for Jeff's own family. And you can say what you want about Matt and Rebby and how they like to stir the pot, but I'm sure that that's not comfortable for them to see. They're just teasing, oh, well, maybe Jeff fell off the wagon again. It's like, I don't need to see this.
0: It's also just not a Sheamus-type thing.
1: I didn't see that. Like,
0: that wasn't his whole gimmick before? Like, I'm going to pick on the little guys, and I want to bring back, like, toughness to SmackDown?
1: Well, and I'm reaching here, but they probably are as well. You know, he can say... That Jeff Hardy, he might not be a little guy, but he's, you know, weak-spirited, let's say. Mm, Maybe that's the shameless angle for it. But it's, it's just in poor taste. I have no desire to see it. I want Jeff to win and for this to go away, but he probably won't, because this has to continue
2: on to extreme rules, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't think we need to have a really plain rehash of this the CM Punk Jeff Hardy feud. At least which was which was which was more well written and it had like somebody with a bit more character leading it. I think the the worst thing about this is that it's hard. It's somebody who's followed Jeff Hardy's career for as long as I have to really even believe that this is like oh he's he's clean now and he's trying to get his life back on track. It's like okay so. That's going to last about six months then, and then he's going to be in another accident at some point, which WWE will turn a blind eye to. But, yeah, it, it's it's hard to get any sort of... It's like for me once the, the For Me Once sort of rhetoric. I can't really buy into this sort of story anymore. And it is in poor taste, and people that do hold Jeff Hardy in a high esteem, they, it it's like it doesn't... I don't think it makes him any more sympathetic just because we've seen this before. We know how, what his story is and the guy reach reaches the world too many times with it. Like you say, Tony, Seamus isn't the right guy to do it with. And Nobody should be the right guy to do it. I get I what Tony's right saying. To but there's some, there are some people that could pull it off better. Like Punk pulled it off well. Sheamus, but Punk
1: pulled it off well because Punk was simply saying, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I am better than you. Because you do these things. That's different. You're playing directly to Punk's hand. This is just Shane as being a dick and picking on somebody with substance abuse. Like, it's it's just not comfortable. I don't care if it's Corbin. I don't care if it's Joe. Joe did a great job with it before Hardy slipped up again. You know what I mean? Stop going to this well.
2: Yeah. So I just think this will be... A, a nothing match really because there's nothing that I see from Jeff Hardy makes it seem like he can really pull out great matches anymore.
0: Certainly not cut any great promos about
2: this. Yeesh. No. It's like, oh and, my god, uh,
0: oh, it was just so bad. Oh, and I hate Sheamus. It's like, oh. <laughs> That's, uh, how he
1: That's how he talks, though, for some reason. It's, he puts emphasis on the last syllable of every sentence. It's very strange.
0: I really oh, I am not digging these. I mean, that I, I don't think that the storyline's a great storyline to begin with. We talked about how it's kind of in poor taste and all that kind of stuff. But man, at least if they had the right people to do it and they, they could pull it off, it would be a little easier to kind of ignore. But again, it doesn't fit Seamus's character. And Jeff is just like, he probably, because he has talked about this recently, that he really wants like stories. Like he's you know he's interested in what happens with uh with Bray Wyatt and some different things, and he really wants to like tell a good story with his run. He probably thinks that this is a really good story, and he probably thinks that he's a really good promo with it too, but it's really just not good, yeah, i'm just
2: i'm, I'm expecting that shameless will win this one to put them essentially even because Hardy beat him in the Intercontinental title tournament. And then they'll have the rubber match, uh, extreme rules in some sort of table or ladder
0: match or something of that. Ilk. Yeah. How do you guys think that that's going to go down? Cause to me, I can't even pick between who's going to win here because I feel like it doesn't matter. It's sort of like, okay, Hardy wins and Seamus puts him through a table and then that sets up a table match. Uh, Seamus wins and Jeff Hardy continues to try to get his vengeance on him and they have a match or they have a, a fight segment on SmackDown in a week or two and Jeff hits him with a couple chairs so they have a chairs match at Extreme Rules. Like It's just essentially whoever wins this doesn't matter and then over the next couple of weeks or whatever happens here, they're going to do some sort of gimmick where they continue to fight and then they have that match at Extreme Rules and that's the one that matters. So flip a coin, mm. you know? If Sheamus wins, who cares? If Hardy wins, feud's still going on anyway. He doesn't get his vengeance.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yep. I think I think the long term is that we're getting that sh- the long-awaited Sheamus-Daniel Bryan match at SummerSlam. But... uh <laughs> So, but, so you'd assume that Sheamus wins the feud in the end, but Jeff Hardy could still win and they could still go Sheamus against Daniel Bryan. It doesn't really you, gotta, you
1: guys, uh, you got to stop putting that in the universe, okay? Like, we don't need to see Sheamus and Daniel Bryan anymore. We're it's good. Happening.
0: It's either it happening. It already it's,
1: happened.
0: Yeah, but it's <laughs> happening either at SummerSlam or it's going to be the post-SummerSlam feud that goes on for a while. Or mm-hmm. they're going to drag that out until WrestleMania and it's going to be Bryan holding the IC title until then.
2: It's one of those things that it's one of those things in Vince McMahon's list that he can't he has to achieve before he dies.
0: Yeah, Especially it's uh, like the, the Roman, get Roman, Brock Roman fight.
2: over, yeah. yeah, get Roman over, get the title one Brock more times, get shot sixteen uh, titles, have that Sheamus Daniel Bryan feud. Uh, I'm
1: gonna go. with uh, Sheamus wins here. There's no table spot or chair spot. It's just an extreme rules match at extreme rules.
0: Either then, yeah, it's still just going to be... We're throwing it out, essentially, as backlash doesn't matter. It's extreme rules. So yeah. <laughs> anybody who's like, you know, all oh, the pay-per-views matter. They build up uh, the TV shows to get to the pay-per-views. Uh, the pay-per-views build up to the TV shows to build up to the pay-per-views to build up to the TV shows. That's uh, I mean, just a waste, you know. Speaking of uh, a waste of this event, essentially... There is a two-on-one handicap match for the Universal Championship. Braun Strowman is fighting John Morrison and The Miz, and I hate saying that this is a waste because I'm a big fan of all three of these. But this is so very clearly filler, and it's they haven't even tried. I mean, they flat out had John Morrison and The Miz say Bray Wyatt's not done with you, Braun Strowman, and you know if you read between the lines, and once you beat the two of us, then you're gonna have another match with him at the next pay per view. They. Dave just said it. So it's like, all right, he took off a month to have his second kid with Jojo. This is the filler. Braun Strowman lost a two on one handicap match for the intercontinental title earlier this year. So he wins this one. He looks stronger. Morrison and the Miz. They haven't looked strong to begin with. I mean, they're doing home alone type shit. Uh, Not really home alone. You know, it's not really home alone. It's,
1: it's it's fine
2: for yeah, what It's Home Alone I would be more Home if they pranked it Where, out.
0: Um, where Macaulay Cul- Culkin just
2: goes outside and destroys somebody's car. Well,
0: that was in the deleted scenes of the second one. <laughs> oh, okay, Because <laughs> that was in New York. So. <laughs> but Joe uh, Pesci's car. It probably was Joe Pesci's car, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's just going like, fricking, fricking, fricking. <laughs> you know, a uh, funny story about that, about Home Alone. My favorite... Uh, christmas movie of all time hands down of course uh joe pesci the whole like freaking and whatever like that he event uh he actually really found it hard not to curse so that's why he does that throughout the movie as like a compensation for it that he the when, you know they're like uh prepping the scenes and they're kind of like running through and blocking it all like he would just sit there like oh fucking this whatever like that <laughs> just like that's so joe pesci i love it uh, man, I want to watch Home Alone instead of this match. Uh, <laughs> just do that instead. Just do like a fan tracks of that. <laughs> Tony, like, I just have
2: to ask both of you this one simple question: What the fuck is this? What uh... is this match? I know it's filler. I know I, yeah. you said everything. It's just, it just, it's just holding over. But why was this chosen over any other I, have
1: no, I have no fucking clue. And I've been thinking the whole time, like. Why is this the option? First of all, it devalues Miz and Morrison. And and Morrison, who throughout an entire outside of WWE run, was a top star everywhere else. Miz, who is a guy who has been to higher highs than Strowman, and they just look so dumb here. And this is less than filler. This is like well, it's not a part-timer, so we should have the belt on the line at all costs because Braun Strowman is
0: the full-time guy. This is dumb. They very easily could have gone with King Corbin.
1: They very easily could have gone with nothing. I don't want to hear it. But plenty of people, we've seen it now, can hold championships without needing to defend it at every show. If you had nothing for Strowman outside of waiting for Bray, why didn't he just do nothing?
0: I mean, I'm okay with the idea of him beating people and defending the title and all that. I just think that this feud's not good.
2: Yeah, the the feud itself is not good. Miz and Morrison don't look in any way credible for it. No. Oh, they're too little sands dealing him. Yeah. And it's it's the typical mentality of like even a tag team. A tag team that was the tag team champions only a couple of months ago is going to be walked all over by the one universal champion. Admittedly, the one universal champion is like the size of both of them combined. So I guess it does work in that respect. But they don't even look, they haven't even tried anything to make them look credible. They haven't had them win handicap matches or, you know, just even beat anybody really. The only build to this besides those stupid, uh, prank skits. Is Miz lost in a couple of minutes to Braun Strowman one on one? And Morrison said, "Oh yeah, well,
1: I'm Match. not gonna fight you, but we'll fight you together."
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but well, that's that's again, that's just like the absurdity of this entire thing is that well, I beat you so easily that I'm going to give you and your partner a shot at my championship. It's like. Is that all you have to do? Do I to, can I just walk up to Braun Strowman, have him pin me, and then say that I'm his next challenger for the Universal Championship? Is that is that all? How it works in WWE's like crazy logic?
0: On a and month I know, uh, where you don't have Bray Wyatt, apparently.
2: And I know yeah, I've said this.
1: Yeah, I've said it a couple times already. But seriously, why why couldn't Strowman just call out Bray Wyatt and set do a promo segment on this show that sets up? the Wyatt Compound match or whatever they're going to do for Extreme Rules. Because it's not like the title always needs to be defended. Now you're just rubbing it in the face of people who very much watch when it's, well, Brock Lesnar's not going to fight,
2: uh, I don't know, the Lucha House Party, so we'll just have him skip a month. If you're gonna, if you wanted to have a handicap match so badly, have Braun Strowman versus Abby the Witch, Huskers the Pig. Oh, uh, that the In some sort of like one of these cinematic matches, because you know there's going to be some, at least some of these matches are going to have some sort of cinematic elements to it. And yeah, that's just just have that as the match instead, and then you build towards the Fiend afterwards if you really want to go in that direction. Like I think they'd pose a more credible threat than Miss Morrison will end up doing. Even
0: better. Make a puppet of Braun Strowman.
2: Oh, and have him fight against that as well. you just have a puppet match between Braun Strowman and The Fiend, and have Braun Strowman win that puppet
0: match. But you gotta hire the people that did the right, uh, Team America. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> yeah, the beginning of Team America is so good. <laughs> uh, I mean, this pay-per-view, though, it really just... I mean, that match isn't very indicative of the whole thing, where We're going to look back. Well, we don't even need to look back. We already know it's going to happen. Backlash and Extreme Rules didn't need to be two pay-per-views. They're going to be one pay-per-view split up in two. It's going to be rematches. It's going to be, well, we did the one match to set up the other one, that kind of thing. And if you would have had, say, instead of Backlash being, you know, June 14th and Extreme Rules being July 19th, If you would have had Backlash or Extreme Rules, probably Extreme Rules, on like the 30th of June or whatever the Sunday is, I don't feel like bringing up a calendar right now, then you would have gotten away with it just being like that. You wouldn't have needed it, you know what I mean? So we could have gotten just the Bray Wyatt match, and we could have gotten whatever the next feud is for Apollo Crews, whatever the next thing is for this person and that person and all that. You know, the Jeff Hardy and Sheamus thing. Like, we don't need the singles match to happen here to set up the Extreme Rules match. They could have just won straight to the Extreme Rules match. And I feel like that's the same for a lot of these kind of things. So it's like, it's obviously Braun Strowman's going to retain. There's no chance at all that he loses this title right here. No. Then we move back over to Bray Wyatt, and then we continue as if this pay-per-view didn't even happen. I think the same thing's going to happen the, with I mean, this is the
2: one that showed Tony. It's the greatest match of all yeah, time. really. And we're not going to remember anything else.
0: That's true. Which is also why I think Drew McIntyre is very easily retaining the WWE Championship against Bobby Lashley. Lashley has looked better recently than he has in years, which is great. And... At least that's one big takeaway take that we can get with this. Maybe that pushes Lana aside, and maybe they don't make the mistake. Uh, God, I hope they don't make the mistake of having Lashley lose here, and then pushes uh, MVP away, and it's like, oh, I, if I would have been with Lana, that would have been a thing. And then they keep the Lana thing going. But it's not your McIntyre's time to lose this title. And as good as they've done of building Lashley up to make him look slightly better than what he's been in the past, and You know, he's getting towards that level where you can start buying into the idea that maybe if they wouldn't have gone with this, they could do Lashley versus Brock, but they're not going to. And Drew McIntyre is just the guy right now. He's not losing this title. And I think that they're having a rematch at Extreme Rules, too. So McIntyre wins here. He wins at Extreme Rules, too.
1: I'm not entirely sold that he wins here, only because... They're gonna have a rematch Extreme Rules, and they could easily just get the belt on Lashley real quick. Have MVP cut a few promos. They see, uh, I, I help Lashley release Lashley from the cage, and you know he's doing so much better now. He's WWE Champion, and then McIntyre beats him at Extreme Rules. In a cage But match. at least maybe, but at least you could say Lashley was champion and stuff like that i'm gonna go with drew but just by a hair i wouldn't be surprised to see lashley win this match
2: i'm pretty convinced that drew will win this one like tony i believe they all extend into extreme rules and i think drew will end up winning the feud overall uh, i don't think they're really in the habit especially with their world championships of giving transitional reigns to people they seem to be at least in the recent past the people that hold the world championships usually hold them for a good number of months before transitioning over because say, well maybe it's time to break that habit but I don't think it is the right time to do it with Drew I think having him drop in it and win it back will just hurt him in the long run and and doesn't really do anything for Lashley having the title for a month whatever. I don't think I I think the story of this one will end up being that Lana ends up costing like getting, has some sort of interference or wants to steal the spotlight for herself and that costs Lashley that leads over a couple of weeks to the Lashley and Lana breakup. Lashley gets his other opportunity with just MVP. He comes closer to Extreme Rules but still <laughs> loses. And Drew McIntyre carries the title into Summerslam. But so yeah, lose it to Brock. Gotta hope. But, oh, I can see it. <laughs> but I think that yeah, long this isn't got like very much longevity. I can see it just being a two view thing and being done. The real outcome of this will be that Bobby Lashley gets separated from Lon and probably eventually wins the United States Championship or something like that and he'll, holds that for a while. But, yeah. been, but at least they've built this up a lot better than the other World Championship matches. At least they're doing it properly. They had a guy that was dominant and winning a lot of matches challenged for the WWE Championship, and that's the way that really should work nine times out of ten.
0: I can definitely see... MVP being like, "Hey, we couldn't get you the WWE championship, but I got you uh, a United States title match and then we get Lashley versus Cruz at uh SummerSlam. I could see that being the case." Well, we have one more match to talk about, the greatest match ever in the history of professional wrestling. But before we get into that, I want to remind everybody that right now we've got the sexiest superstars tournament going on. Uh, qualifying round part 1 is currently up. So you get to vote for the 38, I think, uh, and 36 men and women. I I don't remember exactly how many different ones for it is, but we're getting to the point where we need to figure out the ones that carried over from last year's bracket over to this one have already moved on to part two of the qualifying round, and we need to fill out the rest to make a top 64. So go ahead and vote while you can. I'm going to shut that poll off and switch over to part two sometime on friday most likely and then uh well you know kind of figure out the bracket next week when it comes down to those votes and stuff like that but uh obviously if you have not checked out our previous stuff and you don't know what we're doing with that i'm gonna remind everybody we are not doing the stuff on youtube because it's a monetization issue they just don't really like the idea of the word sexiest being a part of anything like that plus we're just not doing it in general because it seems like it's a little too crass and passe at this point so uh, that's not happening and anybody that is disappointed in that I apologize but you can still vote on the website and you can still carry that forward and eventually we we will do a Patreon exclusive recap of the whole tournament after the tournament's done but uh, yeah, all the more reason to take advantage of the stuff that's up on the site as it is Vote while you can, vote for your favorites, share things, and you know, kind of spread the word in that kind of way. And uh vote for uh uh Venice Bourne. She needs more votes. <laughs> Let's go over to the Edge versus Randy Orton match. This is being built up as the greatest wrestling match ever, which I and everybody else thinks is just absolutely ludicrous. And it's not the fact that it's Edge versus Randy Orton. Like, they are legends. They're great. All this other kind of stuff. You know, they've got more world championships between them than any other people except for John Cena, Triple H, and Ric Flair. But it's just so stupid. Like, this reeks of overcompensation and overhype. And it's just lame. I mean, Charlie Caruso, I am a big fan of Charlie, but they gave her this thing of just. Staring into the camera and being like, that may very well be the greatest wrestling match ever. And I get it. It doesn't apply to every feud, but at the same time, I still have to say the same thing that I've said about a lot of other things. You don't do the gimmick match and then revert to a regular match. It's a downgrade. I don't see any reason to look at this feud and go, oh man, it's like they beat the shit out of each other. And a lot of people hated it. I didn't hate it as much as a lot of other people, including Callum, for instance. But I fucking hated it. Yeah, like you hated that as it was. Oh yeah, that what's, was. What's that, the likelihood that, that this time... is going to be better? You know, well, well, it's like the idea that they're building this as the greatest
2: wrestling match ever. I will say this with complete sincerity to everyone listening. The Last Man Standing match at WrestleMania Thirty Six, Part Two, or whatever you want to call it, between Edge and Randy Orton, will be my worst match of the year for 2020. And if anything beats it, then it's it was probably is ranking up in one of my worst matches of all time. That's how bad. That's how much I loathed and detested the boring, like plodding nature of this Last Man Standing match. And I think that this match will be better because, based at least by the, the the title they're giving it they're actually going to wrestle rather than just hit each other in the back 50 million times and stuff. But I don't know what, I don't know what that's going to entail. You shouldn't, ne- you never, you never, you should never ever book in a wrestling thing. And I know how we love great matches and all this other stuff. And we talk about how certain matches are going to be great. And we looking forward to it, but you never bill it as potentially being the greatest wrestling match ever. First of all, cause you can never live up to that billing. Never. There are, a, well, a handful of matches that can even potentially claim to be the greatest wrestling match ever. Uh, secondly, it's completely subjective. One person's favourite match is completely different to anybody else's favourite match.
0: Molina versus Alicia Fox. <laughs> ex-
2: exactly. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is going to take some doing to be uh, Cameron's uh, uh, Cameron's uh, list of match. And but then yeah, but and, and thirdly. You you shouldn't build a match based on wanting to have a great wrestling match. It should be about trying to beat the other guy. It doesn't mm. matter if it happens in two minutes or twenty minutes. You beat the other wrestler. That's what your objective is. You're going out there and just like, oh, we're just going to go out there and have a really great wrestling match. Maybe if it's two babyfaces, but clearly Orton is the heel in this scenario. I was I would yeah. say in in its credit at least I like lo- I liked the way that this feud was built up with the idea about why they're having a traditional singles match to follow the beating the shit out of each other in a last man standing match at WrestleMania. It makes sense as much as you could possibly make sense out of this. Orton's explanation made sense that Edge beat him in a match where they just beat each other up. He wants to see if Edge can actually still go bell to bell when there's rules and regulations and it's a different pacing, that sort of thing. But it's what I'm just, my mind is bogging with the idea of what they can potentially do together and what WWE can do in terms of production and anything like that to try and make Eagle even slightly believe that this was the greatest wrestling match they ever saw.
0: And you know it's going to be really annoying? They're going to act like it was no matter what. This could be the drizzling shits, oh, and I, they I, will I, advertise it on the Monday afterward as, we just saw the greatest wrestling match of all time. And then, of course, once we start moving on to the next pay-per-view and we just, you know, the, the train keeps going they'll forget all about it and it's not going to be one of those things where like two years from now they're going to be like man i remember that edge and orton match no it's just a means to get people to you know the simpleton mind to kind of be like yeah that's pretty fucking great like you know that kind of it's, thing it's,
2: it's not even the mind; it's just getting people to talk it's like giving it a hook that this shot this car doesn't deserve and just like saying that oh this
0: Oh, we lost Callum again. <laughs> oh, did we
1: lose Callum again? Oh. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll talk now. Edge and Orton are great wrestlers. Edge and Orton are capable of having a great wrestling match. But to call anything the greatest wrestling match sounds like obnoxious hyperbole and makes me think that. They already had this billing in mind for a show in Saudi Arabia. Because that's what this feels
0: like. Uh, They did have the greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, Because
1: this feels like obnoxious hyperbole that could only fly in a Saudi Arabian show. Where they love when two older guys get together. And they love... It's the greatest whatever... And I think that they just simply said, oh, well, we can't do the show in Saudi. We can't do Super Showdown this year. So we're just going to do Backlash. Because correct me if I'm wrong, Backlash wasn't a thing, right? They had added that into the schedule later on.
0: I think that it was at the beginning of the year when they did the the Royal Rumble, when they were doing the... Promotional stuff, and they kind of showed like, "Hey, WWE Network, you're going to get all these things." I think that they had backlash out there.
1: Well, that's that's my take on it. This is Saudi Arabian booking, or at least marketing. And as far as whether or not it's the greatest match of all time, I don't. Know, I'm sure I'm not spoiling anything when I say it. it's already been taped. And I've tried to ask people who might be able to find out as to whether or not the match was great. I haven't heard anything definitive, but I do know that Dave Meltzer said it's actually a pretty good match and they, it's two smart wrestlers wrestling a very smart match. And listen, like Callum said, 100% on board with how they booked this thing. I like that they made it make sense to go from beating the shit of each other for nearly an hour to, well, we haven't wrestled yet. So Will it be the greatest match ever? No. It might be the best match they've ever had together because, you know, a lot of the Edge and Randy Orton matches aren't heralded. So maybe this one will be. But we'll never really know until after Sunday night.
0: It just seems ass-backwards to me. Maybe that's what they should call this pay-per-view. Instead of backlash, maybe it's (laughs) ass-backwards. Because it just... Like that should have been the match at WrestleMania, if that's the case. And then this becomes that extreme rules again. Like you don't need this, you don't need backlash. You just do extreme rules, and then yeah. we're in the worst timeline anyway. So it's not like this is too surprising. <laughs> well, but uh, well,
2: yeah, let, hold on, Colin's back. Yeah, sorry, I was just gonna, sorry with internet issues and stuff like that. But I was going to say let's try and give this a fighting chance. So Tony, for this match to be classed as the greatest wrestling match of all time, what match does it have to be for you?
0: Well, that's a good question because what do you guys kind of see as the best wrestling match of all time? I come up with two answers for the most part. It's Austin and Bret at uh, WrestleMania 13 or it's Michaels and Taker at WrestleMania 25. So it has to beat those. And since it's not a gimmick match, it can't do the same type of thing as a submission match at Mania for 13. So it has to which I think fundamentally the better match is Michaels and Taker, it has to beat that for me. and there It's just not going to.
1: Uh, for me, it would have to be, and I'm excluding all outside content of uh, North America, it'd have to be Bretton Bulldog at SummerSlam or Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. It, it's, it's just not going to touch that. But if it could touch the level of Dustin and Cody at last year's double or nothing. I'll call that a victory.
2: Yeah, see, to me it has to be in, in I'm trying to like cancel out too many tag team matches or anything like that. Anything that I'm I'm going with like the straight singles match gimmick, like so no gimmicks or anything on those lines. For me it has to be Kurt Angle Chris Benoit from Royal Rumble two thousand and three. Is is a WWE is in terms of like WWE is like the top of the tree for me. So if it beats that, which it won't. Then then credit to them, but I know that's not gonna happen. I just thought hey, give it a fighting chance. Like, what benchmark does it have to be?
0: If it I gets it to Ziggler versus Brian from uh Bragging Rights, if it gets to that level to me, I'll tip the cat that I'm not wearing. But like that to me is like that's when you can say you're in discussion for great wrestling matches. Like I still remember that match being so amazing, and that was you know, bragging rights. Like, who cares? It's the mid carters against each other. And that was a phenomenal match. So you got to have something like that. And they're legends. They're, you know, one of them's a Hall of Famer. The other one's a future first ballot Hall of Famer, guaranteed. So it's like they should know how to make a great match. But I'm yeah. very worried that this is going to be, in their philosophy, let's go 45 minutes and that'll be a good match. And then well, the 45 minutes is you know, let's have Randy Orton have Edge in a headlock because, well, we know that statistically he's got a bad neck, so it makes sense for him to go after that. And then i will be like, yeah, logically it makes sense. But I'm not watching an MMA contest where it's like, yeah, the guy's got a bad leg, so he keeps going after the leg and it's boring. Like, I want to see a good wrestling match. I want to see a great wrestling match. Technically speaking, the way that you're advertising it, I want to see the greatest wrestling match. And more often than not, whether it's food, whether it's a movie, whether it's something like this, the more it's hyped up, the less it has a chance to get anywhere close to that. I mean, like, The Matrix is a good movie. Solid movie. I heard for the longest time that it was the most amazing piece of cinema that's ever happened. It's going to change the entire world. Your life is going to go upside down and flip around, and you're going to just orgasm in your seat watching this movie. And when I saw it, I'm like, it's alright, it's slow motion and then people are just like, what? it's the best thing and I'm like, no, nah, it's alright it's a good movie so like, this is like, it's the greatest wrestling match ever at most I'm going to go into this with low expectations and I'll go, hey, it wasn't that bad but man, there's a good chance when we're doing our post show that I'm just like what a crock of shit <laughs> <You> know, like,
2: <laughs> yeah, there,
0: there is there is an opportunity
2: to that, because first of all I imagine there's an over and under for, like, three minutes of how long Randy Orton has Edge in a headlock during this match. Mm. And
1: Total secondly, over.
2: <laughs> I'd go over three minutes. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll say under. If, if because the I, man, yeah. I'll say under. I want to live, you know? But I'm just thinking about, like, because we, we just mentioned, like, some of our favorite matches, like, neither the main Edge nor Randy Orton ever came up in any of those, uh, like... I mean, it, when you count, when you discount like these TLC matches and the edge has been piled you can't really look at these two and think that they've been involved in any match that can really be considered the greatest match of all time. Closest mm-hmm. edge comes is probably that Undertaker yep. been at WrestleMania twenty four. Yeah, that's, that's probably the one the I was thinking one on one edge match that I've seen.
1: Uh, for Randy, no gimmicks. I'd probably say Benoit. And that was sixteen years ago.
0: I can't even think of what. Best uh, match options there are for Randy.
2: Well, I'd I'd say one of the one of the first Christian matches, probably.
0: Yeah, it was a really yeah. good feud. That's true. Yeah, so so at
2: least he's going with the with the guy who should be closest to Christian yeah. in any regards, really. Then for this, he's got the better version of Christian, so maybe that would be even better than his feud with Christian was. I mean, I mean like, there's there's a layout here for a really
1: good match, and if they can get to really good then that's better than I'm expecting with all of this hysteria and all this build. But I don't know, man. Greatest match ever? Now it's smart booking or marketing philosophy.
0: No, they doom themselves. Because we're laughing at it, and we're not the only people that are laughing at it, which doesn't make people think that they've got the best confidence to go into this pay-per-view and do that. It's more so just scoff at the idea and go, fucking WWE doesn't know what they're talking about. And if you go into it with low expectations, that's not good for a pay-per-view. You should go into a pay-per-view with high expectations. Theoretically, this is the ideal. You go into it super pumped, and they beat your expectations. Realistically, it never happens for the most part, but if you go into it with high expectations and it matches it, okay, that's great. you succeeded. If you go into it with medium expectations, they've already failed because their idea is to try to promote things and to try to get you pumped. WWE realistically doesn't have even medium expectations for a lot of these events these days anymore for the past bunch of years for that matter most of the time people go into it with low expectations or, like, slightly above low. And then sometimes you are pleasantly surprised and sometimes you're still disappointed, which is really strange. So, like, I'm going into this match, Edge and Orton, with very low expectations. And if they still don't do a good enough job for that, that's appalling.
1: I'll, I'll end on this. Edge recently spoke with ESPN and he gave his thoughts about what he thought when he was told by Vincent Heyman, hey, we're going to book this as the greatest match ever. I just laughed because I didn't think it was serious. Then I realized fairly quickly that it was. Then the reaction was, is this wise? Because anytime you say something is the greatest ever beforehand, you're setting yourself up for failure. And I don't ever want to think that way. I need to think the opposite of that. I can't control the court of public opinion. I need to do and be proud of the work that I put in. All I can do is take it as if this is all just a bonus and in a weird way a compliment, or if it's a giant rib, I don't know.
0: <laughs> so, and his response laugh. was basically, uh... <laughs> That kind of thing. Yeah, like basically Shrug. saying, I, I don't know why they're doing this, but here we are. I could see him backstage just going, like, Phew. all right. We <laughs> got kind of thing. You're just kind of like, what, well, me and him? <laughs> Wouldn't that be like, uh, you- funny if, like, since this doesn't work out all that well and after they uh, they do the pay-per-view and they're starting to talk about it on Raw afterward, they pivot over to where it's like, well, the greatest match ever was the tagline for Backlash. Man, that Apollo Cruz and Andrade match wasn't that the greatest?
1: Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of...
0: the show! <laughs> Annoying-ass theme, by the way. Fuck, oh, goddamn.
2: I, I think that would be quite interesting to almost watch that match, and then retrospectively go back and watch that ricochet shane form match from Main Event and see which one's <laughs> better. <turn.
0: laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going Randy Orton winning here. I think that Orton wins by cheating in some fashion. He low-blows edge, he uses an exposed turnbuckle, he holds his tights, something that proves the point that Randy Orton was half-assing his career. He doesn't respect the business, all that stuff that they've been harping on and that he technically didn't really win, even though he technically won. And it can kind of play into the idea of like, oh, damn it, like Edge, Edge was proven that he was the better wrestler and Randy Orton, he just, you know, he screwed this all up. What a heel. And Orton can say, well, it worked, didn't it? That's what wrestling's all about. I got away with the win. I the record books show that. So I'm the better wrestler. Ha! <laughs> Fuck you.
1: I'm very excited for the Edge and Randy Orton Iron Man match that will take place at Extreme Rules. The
0: greatest uh,
1: Iron Man match ever. <laughs> so I'll go with
2: Randy. I'm going to say that Edge wins this, and I don't know whether they will have a rematch at Extreme Rules. They might do, but I think Edge will win that one as well because I'm in my mind they're positioning him to face Drew for the title at Wrestle at uh, Summerslam. Edge versus so, uh, Drew? Yeah, Edge versus Drew. Yeah. So, I think that it, it, it depends whether they're going to have a rematch. If they do have a rematch, then
0: Orton could win this one, but I'm still going to go with Edge. I think we're getting Edge versus Orton at SummerSlam. I don't think it's going to be extreme rules. You
1: think oh, why? I
0: think they'll, that they'll just make take it the time greatest off.
2: pay-per-view ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that they they took off money in the bank. I think that they'll do the same with this.
2: That would be the great tagline, wouldn't it? It would be the greatest rematch in wrestling history. Yeah, so I hate, done that, I done hate that before, haven't so they? much. <laughs> they've done that before, haven't they? I, I think, think they did it type. with uh, Michaels, Benoit, and Triple H. Yeah, I thought so as well. I think they used that tagline already, so they can't go back to that one again. Mm. C-
1: well, goodness. I-, I just hope it's a-, it's a decent match.
0: I mean, I hope it's the best match ever. I hope every match is going to be the best match ever. <laughs> like, I never want to watch a bad match. Like, this is... This is a frustrating-ass job to do when you don't like it. And everybody that's like, oh, I bitch and complain about everything. Which apparently I don't understand. If I bitch and complain about one little thing on WWE, it means that I'm in the pockets of AEW. If I complain about AEW, it means that I'm in the pockets of WWE. It's the Marvel DC thing. You can't win. But, like... uh,
1: I'm in the pockets of either one of
0: them. <laughs> like, the... You know, the idea that, like... I would complain about something and I don't want it to be good. It's like, why would I put myself through that torture? Like, I want everything to prove me wrong if I don't like it and to be great because that's more fun to watch and I want to watch fun things. So I want this to be the greatest wrestling match ever. And I want to talk on the post-show about how, man, I should have given it more credit and it was just so good and this is going to be my favorite match of all time. And Edge and Randy Orton just, man, they boosted their superstar scores up so much just by this match alone and all that. But realistically, it's not going to happen, so low expectations and hopefully they proved me wrong uh, I think that's it for the card and nothing else that we didn't talk about right yeah I'm doing a real quick scroll down I don't think that there's anything else so obviously if there is anything else that happens you know like they announced another match that we didn't talk about or anything like that we will address that in the hot tags coming up on Friday night but other than that we will be rolling along here. Backlash is happening this Sunday, so stay tuned for that on June 14th. We will do the post-show podcast following that and then uh, see how the chips fall. I think I did all of my plugs other than the fact that I didn't mention the merchandise shop, but you should know by now. It's Public and Redbubble. Check them out. Fanboys Anonymous. Mark and a day mango tees. Pick up whatever you see there that you want. So, I'm going to pass the uh, plug baton, as we've told, uh, talked about it in the past, <laughs> over to Gallum. I then mean, dropped it.
2: Uh, okay, <laughs> sorry, I got it now. Uh, you can <laughs> follow me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. You can check out all the articles on SmartCameMemore.com, including the Power Rankings, my weekly contribution, and coming soon, as of next, sat not this Saturday, but the Saturday afterwards, so uh, Saturday, June 20th, is going to be the first well, episode zero, should I say, of the Paul Heyman Smackdown podcast, where we go back, me and Rob, and look back at the era of Paul Heyman writing for Smackdown and all the news and history surrounding that. So if you enjoyed 2001 Wrestling Odyssey and you're looking forward to our latest retrospective historical journey, then hopefully you join us for that as well. And now I'm throwing the baton to Rob. Catch. Jesus, these are dangerous. Uh... <laughs>
1: yes, I'm very much looking forward to that. and. Going back on that journey, we will see some great edge matches along that journey. And outside of that, I also work for WrestleZone.com and Fightful.com. And you guys should be getting your news from there. Those are two fairly prominent sites. So just check them out. Uh, check out Fightful Select. Lots of great breaking news from Sean Ross Sapp and the team over there. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DudeFelice. And I'm throwing the baton of plugs back at Tony.
0: And I'm waiting for it. Still in the Here air. it comes. Threw that all pretty right. high. Yeah.
2: Uh, all uh, right. There we go. <laughs> I got mine to rob really quickly, and I'm miles away. Like, how how weak is your
0: arm, Rob? <laughs> they it's just threw it really high weak. up in the air. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, just stay tuned to smartcountmoment.com, everybody. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at smartcountmoment. Follow me at Tony Mango follow a mango tree, follow fanboys anonymous, just start doing the clickety click all over the place. And, uh, all that stuff's awesome. And we will talk to you guys when we talk to you hot tags coming up next, then the backlash post show, and then we'll roll on to whatever we do for next week. Not entirely sure. So vote on the tournament, click around to previous episodes. If you want to check out that kind of stuff, check back on our takeover, uh, post show. If you didn't watch that yet and, uh, stay safe. We'll see you next time, everybody. For now, this is another smartout moment, and we're being counted out. <laughs>